This is an adult education podcast of Lanier Technical College. If you are a lawful resident of the state of Georgia and are interested in more free lessons to improve your English or prepare for your high school equivalency diploma, such as the GED or HiSET, please visit our website, www.laniertech.edu. Click on Adult Education and follow the instructions. And now for our lesson. Welcome to today's lesson on the American Revolution. Our names are Elliot Hood, Judson Coffey, and Emma Callahan. Today we are going to be learning about the American Revolution, the key battles that were fought in it, the people involved, and the overall results of the war. The American Revolution was such a pivotal part in America's history. It opened up opportunities and changes that makes our country what it is today. As we discuss the details of the revolution, think about what you already know about the era and compare it to what you know by the end of this. This way you can see what you have learned from this session. The American Revolution is an extremely important event in our nation's history, as the actions that occurred during this time are what has resulted in many of our country's ideologies and laws. Today, we won't be going over the entire revolution, just the key points so that you will understand how this conflict impacted our nation's development, and by the end of this lesson, you'll have a firm understanding of how the country's ideologies were formed and the war that occurred to grant the colonies liberty from Great Britain. Now, to start off with, we're going to talk about some of the key people that were involved in the American Revolution. Now, there were many key figures, and we won't be going over all of them, but we will be going over some of the main founding fathers. Now, before we get into the nit and gritty of that, I just want to go over very quickly one of the most important figures on the British side. That would be King George III. He was, well, the King of Britain and is responsible for enacting many of the policies that caused the colonies to revolt. This includes higher taxation and more control over the colonies' inner workings. From America's side, he was considered the villain to be overtaken during this war. Now, the reasoning for Britain's increased taxation on the colonies does have to do with their overwarring in other areas, but that didn't really matter to the colonies in this specific instance. Now, another notable British ally was Benedict Arnold. Now, he didn't start off as an ally to the British. Instead, he was actually a very respected major general in the Continental Army. Nonetheless, in 1780, around the midpoint of the war, he ended up defecting to the British forces. Before his treachery was discovered, he was planning on surrendering an important fort to British forces, but the plot was discovered and he was forced to flee. His name quickly became synonymous with treachery and treason in America's history and is still prevalent in our culture today. Now, to start with the Americans, let's go over the militaristic side. Now, I do want to preface this by saying that many of the important generals in the war did have at least something to do with America's political landscape afterwards. Still, we can confidently say many of these people mainly contributed to the war effort in one way or another. First off, we have George Washington. He is probably one of, if not the most well-known of our founding fathers. He had fought the French and Indian War as a British officer, but when the American Revolution came, he was appointed Commander-in-Chief of the Continental Army. And during his time as a commander, he led the Continental Army to many great victories, such as the Battle of Yorktown, which proved to be a turning point for the colonies and resulted in their eventual victory in the Revolution. Now, as a general, he was known for things like strong moral integrity and his ability to accept advice from fellow officers without feeling undermined. He was perhaps best known for his ability to deal with civil authority and negotiate more troops and supplies. 
This would of course help him in his next job where he served as the first president of the United States of America. It was during his tenure as the president that he established many traditions of the office that presidents continued for years to come. These includes things like the inaugural address and the tradition, it was not yet a law, that presidents serve only two terms. Speaking of presidency, the second was founding father John Adams. Adams had a gifted analytical mind, though he wasn't exactly popular with the masses. He was one of the key contributors to the Constitution and the making of our legal system. He was one of the minds who worked on establishing what exactly the ideals of our nation should be. This came through his knowledge of the law and historical examples from other civilizations. He was a firm believer in republicanism, and this is what drove many of his policies in action. However, he was always ready and willing to start an argument, which led to many arguments and troubles in his political career. Then we have his second cousin, Samuel Adams, by far the more popular of the Adams. Samuel Adams had more charisma than his cousin, but he was no less zealous. He was a firm believer in American independence, and since the first Congressional Congress, Adams was certain American independence would only be won through bloodshed. He was known as a gifted writer on the political climate of the time. This stirred up the population and got them ready for political independence and willing to fight for it. Adams was always around like-minded people who conversed with one another and tried to gain American independence long before the war. That being said, some do critique him calling him an inciter of mob violence, and many agree he had no problem inciting extreme passion in his fellow patriots if it led to independence. So take that as you will. Next up we have our third president, Thomas Jefferson. He had previously served as the vice president of John Adams, and before that he was the secretary of states under George Washington. It's Jefferson that receives the primary credit for writing the Declaration of Independence, and many of his writings are responsible for our political culture and ideals. Then there is Benjamin Franklin. I don't know about y'all, but I think Benjamin Franklin may be the most interesting of our founding fathers. He was certainly a man of many trades. Of course, he had the standard political writings and ideologies of his contemporaries, but he was much more than an, just a regular political author. He was a scientist, an inventor, an abolitionist, an innovator, a printer, a philosopher, a diplomat. To sum up all of what this man was, it would take about 10 podcasts, and even then we may be missing out on some stuff. So let's just go over some general knowledge. Of course, he was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, but he also ran a printing press because, well, why not? I guess he didn't think he was busy enough. After the war, he went on to become the United States' first postmaster general. He was also an ambassador to France, which was good because, well, they helped us win the war. On the non-political side, he was an inventor known for inventing things such as bifocals, the lightning rod, and the Franklin stove. He founded many civic organizations like the Library Company and Philadelphia's First Fire Department. Overall, many call him the first American for his early ideals on colonial unity and his establishment of the American ethos. That is to say that Americans should value hard work, thriftiness, unity, and education. Now to close out, I'm just going to go over the names of some other important figures that we simply can't get to right now. The American Revolution had a lot of people involved, and many of them did incredible things that we simply don't have time to talk about today. Just to name a few. Alexander Hamilton, Abigail Adams, Patrick Henry, and Crispus Attucks 
all played important roles in the United States' founding. The American Revolution can be described as one of the most important wars in the history of our nation. This war was used to gain our independence from the Royal British Empire. The local Americans who had been living on the new land for some time were beginning to grow uneasy from the unfair taxation and treatment from the British Army. The American Revolution lasted for seven years, lasting from April 19, 1775 through September 3, 1783. Through the war, there were numerous battles, some very small and some very large in terms of duration and fatalities. It is estimated that there were over 230 battles over the seven plus year period. Each battle, no matter the size, carried a lot of importance because it could have easily tipped the scales in favor of either side. The first battle we will discuss is Lexington and Concord, which took place in April of 1775. While this was a series of many battles, as opposed to one large battle, this battle carries lots of tension from both sides as a result of differing political opinions in the preceding years. The most important fact of this battle is that it began the war itself. On the night before the battle, April 18, 1775, Paul Revere famously made his claim that the British are coming. That night, hundreds of British redcoats were marching their way towards Concord from nearby Boston. The local colonists opened fire on the British forces and made them retreat back to Boston. Another battle that deserves recognition is Bunker Hill. This battle took place on June 17, 1775. During the early part of the war, Colonel William Prescott, aware that the Redcoats were marching to obtain the hill surrounding the city of Boston, built forts on top of Breed's Hill. The British Empire rolled in over 2,000 men. Colonel Prescott, aware that his men needed precision to have a chance at winning the battle, famously yelled to his men, don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes. This strategy did work at first, forcing the British troops to retreat quickly and regroup another attack. While the colonists did retreat in the end, they were still able to injure many redcoats. The British were ultimately victorious in this critical battle. While the colonists did lose this battle, they did, in a way, win a moral victory, mainly because they were able to injure so many of the redcoats. A fun fact about this battle is that despite it being named the Battle of Bunker Hill, most of the fighting in this battle occurred on a nearby hill called Breed's Hill. A third battle that took place in the war was Saratoga, and it is considered to be a turning point in the American Revolution. This was a major victory for the colonists over the British Army. British General John Borinay led an invasion with hopes to eventually take over Albany, New York. He would fail to reach his destination as he was forced to fight two battles that took place 18 days apart, just south of Saratoga, New York. The British, depleted in numbers, dug trenches in order to buy time while reinforcements arrived, but they never came. The Redcoats would launch yet another attack that ended up being unsuccessful. The British general eventually surrendered. The Americans were victorious once again over the British, led in part by General Benedict Arnold, 
who would eventually betray America. One of the reasons this is considered to be a major battle is because it convinced the French to sign a treaty with the United States against Great Britain. The last battle we will look at is the Battle of Yorktown. While all the preceding battles served a lot of importance, this battle was the final nail in the coffin for defeating the British Army. This battle would go on to last nearly three weeks. The Americans, supported by the new French allies, would go on to decimate much of the British Army. The Redcoats would go on to surrender. This was the last major battle that took place on land and eventually led to the Treaty of Paris in 1783, which formally ended the war. Now we're going to go over the results of the American Revolution. The Revolution had short and long-term consequences. The most important consequence of declaring independence was the creation of state constitutions in 1776 and 1777. The revolution also unleashed powerful political, social, and economic forces that would transform the post-revolution politics and society. This included increased participation in politics and government, the legal institutionalization of religious toleration, and the growth and diffusion of the population. The revolution also had significant short-term effects on the lives of women in the newly won United States of America. In the long term, the revolution would also have significant effects on the lives of slaves and free blacks as well as their institution of slavery itself. It also affected Native Americans by opening up Western settlements and creating governments hostile to their territorial claims. The revolution also ended the mercantilist economy, thus opening new opportunities in the trade and manufacturing. The new states drafted written constitutions, which at the time was an important innovation from the traditionally unwritten constitution. Most created weak governors and strong legislators with regular elections and moderately increased the size of the electorate. A number of states followed the example of Virginia, which included a declaration or a bill of rights in the constitution designed to protect the rights of individuals and limit the government's power. Pennsylvania's first state constitution was the most radical and democratic. They created a unicameral legislature and an executive council, but no genuine executive. This meant all free men could vote, including those who did not own property. Massachusetts constitution passed in 1780 was less democratic, but underwent a more popular process of ratification. In the fall of 1779, each town sent delegates to a constitutional convention in Cambridge. There were 312 in total. Town meetings debated the constitution draft and offered suggestions. Massachusetts established a three-branch government based on checks and balances between the branches. Unlike some other states, it also offered the executive veto power over legislation. 1776 was the year of independence, but it was also the beginning of an unprecedented period of constitution making and state building. The Con Continental Congress ratified the Articles of Confederation in 1781. The articles allowed each state one vote in the Continental Congress, but the articles are most well known for what they did not allow. Congress was given no power to levy or collect taxes, regulate foreign or in-state commerce, or establish a federal judiciary. The revolution's most important long-term economic consequence was the end of mercantilism. The British Empire had imposed various restrictions on the colonial economies, including limiting trade, settlement, and manufacturing. The revolution opened up new markets and trade relationships. 
The American victory also opened up the Western territories for invasion and settlement, which created new domestic markets. Americans began to create their own manufacturers so they would no longer have to rely on Britain. Slaves and free blacks also impacted the revolution. The British were the first to recruit black regiments as early as Dunmore's proclamation of 1775 in Virginia, which promised freedom to any slaves who would escape their masters and join the British cause. At first, George Washington, a slaveholder himself, resisted allowing black, free black slaves and former slaves to join the Continental Army, but he eventually agreed. In 1775, Peter Salem's master freed him to fight with the militia. Salem faced British people in the battles at Lexington and Bunker Hill, where he fought with around three dozen other black Americans. Salem not only contributed to the cause, but he earned the ability to determine his life after his enlisted ended. Him, along with many others, did this with hope of freedom. Most of the new northern states passed gradual emancipation laws. The revolution's start of equality created a revolutionary generalization of slaves and free blacks that would eventually encourage the anti-slavery movement. Now to go over some of the questions. Um, we're going to start with questions about the people involved in the American Revolution. So question one. Who is known as the first American? Benjamin Franklin. Who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Thomas Jefferson. Who were our first three presidents and in what order did they serve? From first to third, George Washington, John Adams, and Thomas Jefferson. Now we're gonna go over some questions from the results of the American Revolution. When were state constitutions declared? 1776 and 1777. What did people use to agree or disagree on the versions of their constitution? Town meetings to discuss and give suggestions. Who did not want to allow free blacks and former slaves to join the Continental Army at first? George Washington. What was the nickname of the British Army soldiers? The Redcoats. Name the battle that started the American Revolutionary War. The Battle of Lexington and Concord. Which country would eventually sign a treaty with the United States and aid them in defeating the British Empire? France. To summarize what we just touched on, we have discussed some of the key results, people, and battles that were involved in the American Revolution. The American Revolution had short and long-term consequences. The Revolution opened up new markets and new trade relationships. The Americans' victory also opened the Western territories for invasion and settlement, which created new domestic markets. George Washington was instrumental in this revolution as well. Another important person during this revolution who had infamously gone down as one of the biggest traitors in U.S. history is one Benedict Arnold. A gifted writer in Samuel Adams was another key component to fueling this American revolution that freed the colonies from the reign of Great Britain. The person credited with writing the, the, the Declaration of Independence is Thomas Jefferson. 
He was very envious of the colonies seeking independence and freedom from the oppression that they were receiving from Great Britain. And lastly, another important person during this time period was Benjamin Franklin. He was considered to be much of a Renaissance man. He was an inventor, a scientist, a writer, and a diplomat, just to name a few. And closing out with summarizing the battles, the one that began the war was Lexington and Concord. Moving on through the war, the battle at Bunker Hill was a great moral victory for the colonists because they were able to injure and kill many of the Redcoats, and this would provide much momentum for the next few years to come and eventually led to their independence. The closing battle was Yorktown. With the colonists being aided by the French, they were able to achieve a great victory over a three-week period against the British and defeat them once and for all. We thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and hope that you learn more about the great history of how our country came to be. This concludes the lesson. Please make a note of the time, complete your log sheet, and turn your log in to your instructor at the end of the week. Then complete the follow-up activities assigned by your instructor or in your course module. This podcast has been a collaborative production of Lanier Technical College and the University of North Georgia.